anytime you can get high school kids, college kids, anytime you can get real experience, that's always been so much more impactful for me than any time I've spent in the classroom. To be able to go out and work on a project myself and work with a team. Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. This is Annalise Corbin, Chief Goddess of the Past Foundation and your host. We hear frequently that the global education system is broken. In fact, we spend billions of dollars trying to fix something that's actually not broken at all, but rather irrelevant. It's obsolete. A hundred years ago, it functioned fine. So let's talk about how we reimagine, rethink, and redesign our educational system. So hello, everybody. I am very excited, as always, about our next episode of Learning Unboxed, because today we are going to have the opportunity to talk with three college students from The Ohio State University who have been participating or have participated or are right now in this moment in the midst of a program called OnRamp, which is a corporate innovation idea accelerator driven by innovative students at The Ohio State University. And we're going to have the students themselves give us sort of the overview of what the program is. But I'm really, really excited um, to be joining us today is Drew Mayerson, who's a fourth-year scholar student at Ohio State. And he is currently pursuing a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration through the Max Fisher College of Business. So, Drew, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. And joining Drew is Sophie um, Wixel, who is a sophomore at The Ohio State University um, with a double major in marketing and public policy. And Sophie is our student that's currently in the middle of the program. So Sophie, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Perfect. And joining um, as well is David McGrath, who um, was in the program a couple of years ago and is an OSU student studying finance at OSU. So David, welcome. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Excellent. So just a little bit of back uh, story for our listeners. So I've actually been hearing about the OnRap program for a couple of years now from um, some work that we have been doing um, in the K-12 space and trying to actually bridge alignment between what happens in high school experiences and then the opportunities uh, that are made available um, locally at Ohio State through both the Scholars Program um, as well as OnRamp um, and hoping to get more and more students into this program. And so, you know, as we sort of step back and think about what the opportunities are, Sophie is going to give us a bit of an overview beyond, you know, the fact that this is a corporate innovation idea accelerator um, at Ohio State. So Sophie, tell us a little bit about OnRamp to sort of set the stage for us. Yeah. So the big premise that OnRamp runs on is something that one of the program managers, Christian Lampasso, is really big on, which is the fuzzy front end. And it's essentially like if you picture a line and there's a squiggly line going all sorts of volumes all over it, that's what the fuzzy front end looks like. And the idea behind it is at the beginning of any innovation project, there's a lot of confusion. And what you initially think will be the solution to some sort of problem creatively is almost never the solution and you should look in the entirely opposite direction. And it's all about stumbling around the fuzzy front end of innovation and doing research into all sorts of different tailspins until you eventually find the solution that best suits the pain points of whatever corporate sponsor you're working with. And the really unique thing about the program is 
it's essentially student run and there is no preference in terms of majors. So I've worked with people in engineering, I'm in public policy, people in environmental science. And so when you're stumbling around this fuzzy front end, someone with a background in environmental science is going to look at it a lot different than me as a marketing major. Mm -hmm. And so it's essentially working together and being confused together until all of your research culminates into an innovative solution. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that I love the most about this program is the fact that it's so not just multidisciplinary, but multidimensional as well, right? And so, you know, as I, I like the fact that you know, if you've got a company coming in um, and you're trying to solve some 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 big issue or innovative product idea for them, that you know, the kiddo at the university who's the history major has as much to contribute as the engineer or the product designer or whatnot, right? And so, I think that that's a really brilliant way, um, not only to uh, teach folks to be collaborative, but to bring different viewpoints in. So I love that fuzzy edge. That's awesome. (laughs) So David, you were in the program a couple of years ago. And and what I want to know is two things from you. The first one is give us a sort of sense of where the heck do these corporate partners come from, right? So what kind of corporate partners are we talking about in terms of where these sort of innovations come into? And then the second part of my question, and sorry to toss you a two-parter here, but you know, you're you're a junior at this point, uh, so you should be able to handle this. Is um so the experience of going through the program. How, how has it made a difference for the rest of what you've done as part of your undergraduate experience? Sure. So I'll kind of start out with your first question. Most of the, I guess, ideas or kind of corporate sponsors that are on board are either that initial problem statement, the thing that's at the front of that fuzzy front end usually comes from uh, Honda themselves, or maybe in my case, you know, one of Honda's energy partners, Engie. And essentially, kind of in my time through the program, we were working through what they call the connected, autonomous, sustainable electric future of the automotive industry. So, you know, a lot of the ideas pertained towards those. And then, you know, at the beginning of the eight or 10 week program, you start with that problem statement and then kind of work through that place front end to, to get towards that solution. And in my experience specifically, I went through a phase two. So a lot of ideas in a phase two get handed off from some initial insights or validation from a phase one project that happened previously. And then kind of your second question, if you could repeat it really quickly. Yeah. So basically, I wanted to know, so you went through through the experience of participating. And, and for most of the students, as I understand it, it, it's not uncommon for it to be, you know, sort of part of your freshman, your sophomore year sort of space um, that you get to have the experience. And I would assume that what, what you experienced or you learned by going through the on-ramp program actually had an impact on what you've done subsequent um, as it relates to the way you've thought about or looked at the rest of your work in in your undergraduate sort of education. So so what was the impact of that program for you? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I think, you know, above all, uh, when I ever think or approach solution to anything, you know, I don't take it at face value for what it is. I take a step back and really think through that fuzzy front end framework and really in the world around me in, in anything, kind of thinking back to kind of what the root problem is, what the root cause is. And then, you know, kind of following that investigative wandering, you know, looking at the validation, the work that that arrived to get to the, the solution that you did, it's just kind of a, a lens or a perspective that I kind of view everything in my life. So that's definitely something that that's really stuck with me. 
So a real scaffolded ex, you know, experience. So that's that's awesome. Drew, I want to just sort of help our listeners have a have an understanding of sort of the driver, I guess, if you will, um, behind this program. And so one of the things that David mentioned that um, you know, I should have said, you know, right at the the get-go, that on-ramp is um, although lots of different industries and companies can play in that space, it is really a collaborative opportunity between Honda and Ohio State University, but specifically Honda R&D. So lots of folks like there not, may not realize, you know, Honda is a massive company with lots and lots of different components. And Honda R&D is not the same as Honda manufacturing, right? Which I assume that you guys have got lots of those pieces. So sort of explain that sort of intersection. And so why, why, would, why would the Honda R&D wanna create this kind of program? Yeah, thank you for that question. So I think the biggest value add that we have as students that gets talked about is every time we approach one of their problems, we're coming at it with a fresh lens and not the lens of somebody who's been in that industry for however many years and done it for the same way or um, done it done it the way that the company has done it for that long. So we come at it with a fresh, a fresh lens, a new set of ideas. And like Sophie mentioned, we have people from all over. And I think being an on-ramp, that was the most diverse skill set group mm-hmm. that I'd have been a part of in college. Um, and being able to provide that for companies um, has been really beneficial for them. And I know that they've really valued the work that we've produced and come up with some really innovative solutions that they hadn't considered. And I know, especially in the in the program I worked in this summer with Sophie, um, a big thing that they talked about was that engineers like to figure out how to make a solution happen, but mm-hmm. don't always necessarily have a solution in mind. So us being able to come up with a solution and kind of give a roadmap and then have them be able to work it out was really beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. And what a, what a cool experience. I am, and I think it's just really awesome. And you know, and and so this summer then uh, Drew, I'm going to stick with you here for just a second. So this summer because we're in the midst of a global pandemic, your participation was it virtual? Yes. Yep, all virtual. It was originally supposed to be in person, yeah. um, like everything else this summer, but moved online. Um, use some really cool project management software and some cool collaborative team building spaces online. And we were able to to do some really cool work being pretty constant contact throughout the day. And it was a really awesome experience. I thought we did a great job adapting to online work. And mm-hmm. it really was pretty conducive to the way that we were able to like break things up and hop online and work together. So it was an awesome experience. So you you walked away from that sort of fearless, right? And anything comes your way, you're you're ready to go. Yeah, definitely. And I think with everything now trending towards online, at least in the short term and probably with long-term effects, um, it gave me a really good baseline for what online work can look like and really gave me a lot of confidence in pursuing jobs to be like, I've worked in this space, mm-hmm. um, specifically within the lens of project management, had a lot of success with it. So it's been really helpful in, in looking for full-time work and all that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So Sophie, I want to talk a little bit about the project that you you worked on this summer and not talking about the particular sort of ins and outs. I know that there's obviously um, all kinds of R&D, you know, secrets and whatnot that we can't really, really tap into here with, with any of you. But, but talk to me a little bit about sort of the nature of the problem you were trying to solve and, and, and how you get into this collaborative team. I'm just trying to really help our listeners sort of understand the way you actually get to interact, not just with your own team, but with the broader team, the other influences coming out of OSU, but more importantly, with that client. How, how did that work? 
Yeah, sure. So initially we were all given a different task. So for example, like Drew and I were on different teams. Mine was more in general terms of like an untapped market Mm -hmm. and wanting to expand into an untapped market. And so obviously the first thing we had to do was a lot of research on our own, like not even considering interviews or anything at that point yet, but more just general research into the problem. I'm really not a big car girl. So I honestly had no idea what they were looking for me to do and felt kind of at a disadvantage because I honestly know nothing about the industry. But there was a guy on my team, Thomas, who was super into cars. Mm -hmm. And so the gaps that I had in knowledge about cars, he had. And the gaps that he had in knowledge about marketing as we were trying to tap into a different market, I had. And we had a lot of different combating strengths and weaknesses on the team. So we started from there with that research. We kind of tailored the research to our own strengths. So we were told to do research into the size of the market, future trends of the market, stuff like that. And so we all took whatever facets of that research were best suited to what we already understood. And from there, it was bringing all that information back to the Honda executives present and seeing what information they responded to positively, what they really didn't want to get into. Because if we did a bunch of research into the market and we're like, oh, this would be a cool avenue of the market to proceed in. And that's one that they wouldn't want to consider. We kind of had to nip it in the butt right at the beginning of the project. Mm -hmm. And so once we were given that feedback after our preliminary research, it was interviewing customers, finding out what they wanted in Honda from this particular segment. Although we couldn't say we were working with Honda. Mm-hmm. And it was seeing what the target market that Honda had already defined for us was looking for. And a lot of that also is research, but a lot of that was interviewing. And then from there, it was more basic ideation. It was looking at all of the interview responses and research we've done and the feedback we've gotten from Honda and seeing what like few key ideas culminated from that. So what customers were saying over and over, what they were lacking over and over and creating multiple proposals based on the pain points that we identified. And then taking those proposals to Honda midway through the summer and seeing what they did want to proceed with and what they didn't want to proceed with. And they ended up giving all of us either one idea or one idea that was two of our projects combined and having us work from there to polish it up, look into the financials of it, look into the marketing of it, feasibility, future projections. And it ended with all of us presenting one strong project that had been like thoroughly vetted throughout the entire summer, tailored specifically to the pain points they wanted to reach to our specified target markets. I hope that explained it. Yeah, that was absolutely awesome. And I'm sitting here thinking, wow, you know, the the learning that took place. I mean, I don't know if you guys fully appreciate the experience that you were able to have, but I've been working with Honda R&D for folks for a number of years now. And I know that they are just wicked smart. They're amazing, innovative problem solvers all on their own. And I can also tell you that one of the things that I have been hearing from them and from the folks that you know facilitate the on-ramp program at OSU is that you know Honda repeatedly comes back and says, oh my gosh, you know, what we're getting out of these students is just kind of mind-blowing. That you know, they're they're constantly surprised by the depth and and by the depth and skill that you bring 
to the conversation. But more than that, I think one of the things that it's just the back to something Drew had said earlier, it was sort of the freshness of what takes place, right? And so, you know, as you guys then do those presentations and you toss these ideas back to Honda. So for Sophie and Drew, you were, as, as David sort of explained previously, you, you were doing a phase one, I assume, right? So you were the first initial sort of space. Um, and the summer as you work through, then I assume Honda's going to do something um, with all of the, the awesome proposal that you ultimately you know, vetted. So, so David, when, when something happens with all of that and then Honda says, hey, we like an idea, we want to move it forward. That's sort of where your group then came in on another project, not the same one because difference in time. But, but what 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 does your team then do? So you move from that the initial with all the research, all that sort of phase one work, and then suddenly an idea is going to be carried forward. What happens next? Yeah. So kind of as you roll over transition to the phase two, what happens is you do some of that. You you kind of look back towards the research that went into phase one. So maybe looking back at the conversations, or validation, or kind of research that the previous group had done, uh, and then you essentially build on that. Uh, you transform that into a more comprehensive idea or, or business model. And one tool that we used quite often was the business model canvas, and that was really a, a very holistic way to think about every aspect of the proposal or of this model. You know that would best fit Honda's needs. So looking at the end users or end market or how you actually get it to them, deliver that solution, how you're going to market it, all, all those types of things, really, it, it all comes together in a phase two and you're going uh, much more in depth with, with everything so that you know, when you present it, you, know, you can come through with a very well thought out and well supported uh, solution for Honda. Awesome. And and obviously through all of this, right, you know, at the very least, not only are you having an amazingly sort of wicked experience, but you're 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 gaining a lot of your a lot of pieces that ultimately become part of your resume, they're part of your career building, as Drew indicated, you know, you know, it makes it easier when you're I'm going out to look for a job, you know, these sort of next pieces. But but I would also imagine, Drew, that there were some surprises along the way in your experience, right? So, what what went on um, in your in your session that was a bit of a surprise for you, or maybe it was even something that was just like, oh my gosh, I would have never ever in a million years been able to have this kind of experience or this one particular thing that was a game changer for you. Well, what were some of those things? Yeah, I know Sophie talked a lot about the fuzzy front end. I love that term, by the way. I don't know where that comes from, but I, I love that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. And I, I think there's a lot of truth in that. And in the beginning of our project, we had a more specific kind of prompt when we started. But even with a lot more direction, we still bounced around a ton, um, which was not something I really expected right off the bat when we got our, our kind of challenge. It was like, okay, I see pretty clearly where this is going to go. And then right away, it was like, okay, I have no idea anymore. I'm completely lost in the weeds. We've talked to so many people who said so many different things. We're going to have to try a lot more. Um, so that was something that I definitely didn't expect right off the mm-hmm. bat. Um, and one of the things that I think is really interesting and you wouldn't really expect um, in a program like this maybe is that we were always told our end responsibility is to the consumer. Like We want to build the best solutions for real people that they will use. Um, and not necessarily just appease Honda or the company that we're working with, which is a really interesting distinction when you're 
mm-hmm. doing a project as a with a corporate partner. Like a lot of times it's make sure you give them what they want. Right. But we were very specifically instructed to make sure that we were following what consumers wanted to see and what was going to be really impactful. And I think that was really powerful. And I think that's really, really beneficial in the real world to see like you can build the best solution, but if people don't want it, it's not gonna mm-hmm. it's not gonna take hold. So I think that was something I wasn't expecting at all. Um, and really got a lot out of and thought that it was super impactful in building the solution that we ended up presenting. Yeah, I I actually I love that. I think that's probably one of the best parts um, you know, from hearing the the experience. And so um David, I want to circle back around to you um, as that follow-up for what Drew was just talking about, because you're far enough away from your own experience um, in OnRamp that you, I'm hoping that, you know, a, a piece of what Drew was talking about, the fact that the the instructions around, you know, the, the goal is consumer-based, not the company-based, right? That's that's a product of an accelerator experience. It's very, very different than the day-to-day interactions that, back to Drew's point, you often would have right with a client or a customer right that you're trying to serve in that sense, right? It's a very different approach. So talk to me just a little bit about what I want our listeners to really understand the purpose of an accelerator, right? And the fact that the on-ramp program is not only providing the students with an experience and the company with with new insights, but there's something else in the soup, if you will, right? What what are those components? Exactly. I I think you're right on. You know, on-ramp's super unique because it allows you to kind of color outside the lines. Uh, You know, you can arrive at a solution that might not necessarily be what Honda or other corporate partners want to hear. But, you know, if it's backed up and, and well supported by, you know, the research and all the work that you've done, you know, you've done your job for, for OnRamp. And as I think back to my time in the program, you know, some of the conversations that I was able to have in navigating that fuzzy front end were not experiences I'd be able to get anywhere else. I know one example comes to mind where with my sustainability project, we were able to talk with some of the folks over at Cornell, how they handle sustainability, how they approach that at their university. So, you know, having experience like that where I'm able to talk to people or interact with people that I might not necessarily have come across or or been near in any other situation is just really truly invaluable. Yeah, I would imagine that that that's the case and 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 valuable in the sense that I I suspect you will reflect and use it over and over again in your career, whether it be directly or indirectly, right? Um Sophie, one of the things that you mentioned um early on was the fact that because this summer um you and Drew and the rest of the folks in your cohort with the global pandemic, you had to do this work virtually. So I don't know that you guys even managed to get to 99P. I don't know if you've been in 99P yet. David was 99P built when when you did the program or was it had had it launched yet? Yeah. So for, for our summer cohort, we were in uh, the 99P space. Yeah. So for our listeners, 99P is Honda R&D's, um, you know, sort of outside of the company walls innovation space. It's a place, quite frankly, where um, exactly what we've been talking about can happen. It can come together. All kinds of innovations can happen. It's 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 um, right at the West Campus area of Ohio State. Um, it's right on the innovation corridor of all the great things that are happening here. And they literally built a space where you can be innovative without the, uh, the confines, I guess, if you will, of being inside your corporate center, which oftentimes in innovation, right, you got to step away from what you know and the environment that is your absolutely um, every day. So Sophie, one of 
the things we talked about with the fact that, again, that you and Drew had to go virtual, you had to guys had to get creative. The program had to get creative. And I would assume that some of that creativity came from the participants themselves. You used a completely different set of tools because you couldn't go to 99P. Share with us just a little bit some of the tools that you used and why you thought they were effective, because that's one of the questions um, I get all the time. What are the things that we should be using to help us be innovative? And that's a whole other uh, conversation, but but share a little bit about the, about the tools, Sophie. Yeah, sure. So the biggest platform that we used, and I also used when I had OnRamp in person, so that was kind of a cool crossover, is Miro, which mm-hmm. is essentially a software where you can like create virtual boards of a sort. So you can like make post-it notes, different shapes, different boards. You can map things out virtually, essentially. And it kind of functions like Google Docs does when you share a Google Doc, where you can all access it at the same time. You can all use it at the same time. And it's a really good visual tool for laying out your data because all of us sitting on a Zoom call talking about things we saw in interviews it's a lot easier to take information that we can see in front of us than we're just talking about because it's really easy to forget what the last person said. But it's one thing when you say, oh yeah, all of our interviews have the same information versus when you see 10 post-it notes all saying the same thing in one cluster rather than three in another. So that mm-hmm. was really helpful towards generating insights and seeing what commonalities or gaps we had because we could visually lay it out like that. Another thing that we used a lot was organizational software because we thought it was really like conducive to our team in particular. So we had a Google Drive folder with probably 10 different folders in it. One was just interviews in different forms and different interview questionnaires we had. One was week one in our research from week one, and we indexed all of our information like that so that whenever we were referencing something in a presentation, if Honda had any questions, they didn't know where a specific insight was from, they could specifically go back and find it in our data. And knowing exactly where all of our data was at the same time we thought was also really imperative to being successful mm-hmm. in innovation because we always knew where the insights we were generating were coming from and that we had enough validation behind them. Yeah. So all kinds of tools that basically made you better organized and to be able to visually see all the same information at once um, and for folks to be able to think about it a bit differently. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that, you know, as we will just be making use of those more and more, um, you know, as time moves on, no question. I want to, to, as we get ready to sort of close out our conversation, ask all of you the same question. So um, I'm going to toss it at Drew first. So that means that David and Sophie, uh, you know, get to think about, about it. But, you know, the part of the role of the work that we do at PAST is to try to make sure that we get students ready to to take on the same opportunities that you've just participated in, right? And so my my question to to all of you is, you know, did your high school experience prepare you adequately for being able to step into on-ramp and hit the ground absolutely running? Or were there things that you didn't have that you wish you had? I mean, the purpose of my question is not to say that, you know, your high school experience may not have been adequate because it may well have been. It's to really get into the gems of what did you not have that you wished you had that we could, as we move forward in sort of thinking about um, in the post-COVID world, an entirely sort of new approach to teaching learning in the future of work, quite frankly. What would those 
be. I mean, blank slate, you're, you're going back to your high school and you say, if only, or I wish, or I want to share with you. What is that thing? What would that one or two things be, Drew? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think my high school prepared me really well for like the academics of college um, and like put me in a spot to kind of take advantage of all the different opportunities here at Ohio State. Um, I wouldn't say anything. I did super specifically prepared me for on-ramp itself. Um, I think what would do that for people, like I think something awesome about on-ramp is that you didn't need any prior knowledge on anything mm-hmm. to come into on-ramp. It was all like you learned the skills that you needed for that week. And then it was about going out, executing, taking risks, thinking um, independently and and trying to be creative in everything that you were doing. And I think it was really important to have that like psychological safety that was created there. And with like, I know Christian and Paul really always talked about like, if we had a risk we wanted to take and we could back it up, like they would help us defend mm-hmm. that and, and stand by us when we took that risk. Um, so I think really was awesome to come in and, and know that there was no prior information needed to, to do it and to know that it was really all experiential learning and to get your hands dirty. Like There was nothing we did that high school kids couldn't do. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, like Nothing we did was so technically advanced that a high school kid couldn't hop on the phone, ask the same questions we did and work through that framework. So I think it's a lot about just like trusting people to go out and execute um, and building those teams where they think they can really perform at their best. And a lot of what we did was just using our own personal skill sets and mm-hmm. and like backgrounds and ideas, which is something that's pretty applicable. So I think anytime you can get high school kids, college kids, anytime you can get real experience, that's always been so much more impactful for me than any time I've spent in the classroom to be able to go out and work on a project myself and work with a team and have deliverables. Like it's been a lot more impactful. So yeah, I think anytime people can get real world experience and just learn how to take risks, not everything has to be standardized and information based. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love that. Thank you for that, Drew, because that just uh, you know solidifies everything I say all the time over and over again. Let's go hands on. Let's go real world. Let's just do this thing. I love it. Sophie, uh, same question to you. You know, if you were to go back, what what would you say to your teachers in terms of what you needed or what was really awesome that that got you ready for or just whatever you'd like to share? Yeah, so I'd like to think, say thank you to my English teacher of three years <laughs> because he pushed me to join the debate team in high school, which is actually part of the reason I was so excited to do OnRamp because I spent the majority of high school every single weekend debating in front of people, whether that be large crowds, small crowds. And the whole premise of the debate event I did was pitching ideas and solutions and like researching the implications of different ideas and solutions, which I feel like played really, really well into what OnRamp asked for in terms of skill sets and like what they'd like to see in students. But when I walked into OnRamp, the first semester I did it was spring of my freshman year. I was put into a group of three guys and all three of them were older than me, had done OnRamp before. And I was like a little marketing and public policy major. And two of them were engineers and one of them was a math major. (laughs) And I just felt like I really didn't fit in. And like they had a lot more to offer than I did in terms of they were all working with numbers and they had all done OnRamp before and they were older than me. So I feel like not my confidence necessarily took a hit, but I was less self-assured than I would have been if I would have been working with people my age who were new to the program. And I think in high school, if I would have been given more exposure to working with college students, Mm -hmm. especially since a lot of the classes I had my freshman year were with older college students or with 
like college age TAs, I would have been a lot more comfortable in that environment. So if during the college application process, I would have been able to work with a college student or anything mm-hmm. like that, I think I would have been a lot more prepared for the environment and a lot more self-assured in pitching ideas to students who are more experienced and knowledgeable in those areas than I was. Yeah, thank you for that. So that's a really, really great insight. We advocate all the time that, you know, um, early college experience does exactly all the things you were talking about. It's the confidence builder as much as anything else. And just exposure, right? I've seen a thing. I've, I've, I've done a thing. And so it's no, no longer so scary. So yeah, awesome. Thank you for that. David, same question to you. You know, if you, you were to go back, what would you, what would you say to, to your school about things that you needed uh, to be successful in post-secondary? Yeah, I think really two things come to mind. And the first one goes off of what, what Drew said, the psychological kind of safety of being able to put yourself out there, pitch ideas, take risks is, you know, a cornerstone of on-ramp. And I think with 99P, that innovation space, they have uh, the, the saying or, or catchphrase of that is success is 99% failure, right? Mm-hmm. And having that type of uh, mentality or kind of the freedom to fail and, and take those risks, I think is is really, you know, a phenomenal part of that experience. So, you know, I think that's the first thing, having that environment where you can can do that. And then the second thing I, I would say is, you know, in high school, I I think I was of kind of the same mindset I am now, kind of like to think about different problems, be innovative about solutions. But OnRamp is, is really unique in that, one, it's an outlet for all of that kind of thinking and ideation and everything. But two, it also has a, you know, concrete structure or framework to actually put those ideas and thoughts into action. So I think, you know, if I could go back to high school, you know, I, I would love to have a space where I could, you know, present those ideas, bring up those ideas, and then to have actual steps where I can implement or actually work on a real world solution that that comes from those inklings or, or first thoughts. Yeah, thank you very much for that. I, I think there's so much, so much truth in that. And again, it all boils down to the opportunity to have these type of innovative experiences. And you know, the hope, of course, is we can find collectively find ways to to give those opportunities and experiences to more and more uh, students along their journey. So, I want to thank you all for joining us today, um, and you know, thank you for the work that you do. And I hope that uh, one day to see you guys passing all that great experience on. So, uh, thank you uh, for being part of the program today. Thank you for having us. Yep, absolutely. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.